Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, welcome to My Millennial Story. Today I'm joined by Natalie Marrick. G'day Natalie, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too shabs, thanks for jumping on. Now, okay. you were a community member of the week uh, back in February of last year. Mm-hmm. And basically, I think at the time, you gave us an update of where you were at. And I did, yeah. I think uh, Jess in the team was like, this is really cool. We should chat with Natalie. So, what I'm going to do to start with is just read the Community Member of the Week post. And if you want to go back and have a look, uh, it was in February on the My Millennial Money Instagram from Wollongong, New South Wales. You're a cardiac sonographer and we'll, yeah. I'll ask about that uh, soon. Uh, but your financial goal at the time was dial down your expensive and very unnecessary lifestyle and save 25k by Christmas uh, and put towards an investment property or home. You were achieving this goal by having binged all the podcast episodes. Sorry about that, by the way. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you started the Glenn James spending plan to figure out your budget and worked out what actually was necessary in your life and plus a little bit extra cash as a bit of an emergency fund, I guess. And the silliest financial mistakes that you'd made at the time, and we probably make them all the time, but the one at the time in February was uh, getting breast implants and then consequently having to get them taken out six years later, uh, both of those surgeries could have paid the stamp duty on your next investment property. So, lots going on there. So, I guess fast forward from uh, the community member of the week in February, like, are you close or did you achieve that goal of 25K by having it kind of ready uh, at the start of 21? Yeah, look, I didn't quite get there, I guess, since February COVID hit. And totally, totally. Yeah, that, that changed my lifestyle quite a bit, I must say. I was working full-time and I ended up cutting down to, I think I was working one or two days a week um, because I am predominantly casual so, I wasn't working really for probably two to three months wow. um, and I also wasn't eligible for JobKeeper. So, I was pretty stressed, I must say, but COVID, COVID taught me a lot with working out what's important to me financially and getting rid of the unnecessary spending. So, even though I had a couple of months of not saving, I didn't really go too much into my savings, which I was pretty happy about. I kind of just got by. So, I was pretty disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to get to my goal. Um, In saying that, I was one of the people that took money out of super. But I guess my financial situation is a little bit different to most in that I separated from my husband about 18 months ago, maybe two, close to two years actually. Yeah, wow. And I got quite a big payout into my super. So, right. 
I ended up taking that money out to be able to put towards my investment property, which I'm currently hunting for. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay. So, lots happening there. I want to um, pick your brain. So, as how long were you married? Um, so, we were married for two years, together right. for eight years. Right. And how old are you now? I just turned 30 this year. Yeah, cool. And so, were there any kind of marital assets? Um, so, we had actually just purchased a, a, an apartment together. We split up probably about three months after we'd purchased it. Um, so, pretty much all of our money was in super and in our home. Um, we were salary sacrificing to the full extent into his super mm. for pretty much since he started working um, because at that stage, I wasn't really earning a lot of money when I was younger. I only really started earning a pretty good income in the last couple of years, whereas he's an engineer. So, he's been on pretty good money since he graduated and mm. we just decided that's what we were going to do. Plus, he had some incentives with work as well. So, most of our money was in super and in our property. So, hindsight's uh, bloody amazing. It's great. Mm. Like, because there's a lot of people that are in their early 20s who, you know, might be entering a relationship and doing all the fun stuff that you've done over the years. Like, what advice would you say uh, to somebody in their early 20s who may have been, you know, or what would have you turned back and said to Natalie at age 21? I'd probably really assess how you want your financial future to look like. So, my husband and I had everything together, mm. um, which did work at the time, but splitting it all up turned really messy and quite nasty. And now I'm in a position where I would never really want to completely share finances with a partner again. So, I just really make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page and both parties are happy with mm. how their money is organised and spent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting though because like you've just been through the courts and all that stuff. Mm. Like I, I presume you went through court with the settlements. Yes. Um, and there was no kids involved, was there? No, no, so no that kids, was thankfully. Is that highly irregular that still went through court with no kids? Well, I mean, I guess we both had our solicitors and the solicitors figured figured it out between us. Sure. Um, I mean, back and forth between the two until we came up with a happy arrangement. And then essentially, um, Mitch's solicitor took care of all the paperwork. He filed it all through the court and it was essentially just signed off. So, we didn't have to go to court. Right. Um, it was more just- Oh, to stamp the to agreement. To and fro, yeah, to and fro between our solicitors until we came up with- Mm. what we thought was a fair um, settlement. Yeah, and I guess the reason I kind of want to just unpack this and talk about it because, like, number one, you, like you said, and I'm just saying this from a – I've just heard a bit of your story. Like, going forward, you might not want to share money with anyone else ever again or whatever, mm. which is awesome. But if you are kind of shacked up with somebody for a period of time – that kind of doesn't heaps matter because if it ever goes sour, it's all going to be pulled together anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, so, it's almost this emotional thing that we've got to reconcile with what's happening in the real world. Yep. So, emotionally, you're like, I'm not sharing one more cent with anyone. Get stuffed. Mm. Uh, you're all assholes and awesome. You're allowed to 
obviously have that view, but the black and white says if you are living with someone for a period of time and there's cause that there is financial dependencies within the relationship because you're living in the same house and blah, 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 there is that disconnect with your emotions and what actually the law says. So Yeah, definitely. And I'm not saying that what you're thinking is wrong or right because I haven't been in that situation, but it's just interesting to to know that even in my own life with how I proceed with a partner and a financial partner and all that crap. So. Yeah. I guess it, it also does come down to an agreement and I guess if things go really sour and you do have to go through the courts, it might be a bit different. But for my partner and I, um, we ended up settling on an agreement. Um, so I ended up getting slightly less. I think it was it ended up being 48% to 52% yeah. of our assets. But, I mean, I could have settled on 40% or 30% or so forth. Yeah. Um, and yeah. regardless, once it's signed off, it's signed off. Yeah. Um, and that's really up to having a good solicitor, um, making sure they're really fighting for what, what you do deserve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And do you think you would um, – so, if you find love again, whatever that is, do you think you would sign a, a binding financial agreement? So, quote-unquote prenup? Yeah, I do have a, another partner actually and we have already discussed that yeah. um, more so because his family has a, a lot of behind them as well and I mean, I, I'm never going to take anything from them and I don't believe that he would ever take anything from me but when you do go through a separation, which I must say I never thought I would do this, no. you see a very different side to someone and you just never think that that person is capable of doing that. And after living that, I would hands down have um, a prenup beforehand. Now, I'm not going to have anything compared to what him or his family have, but it still makes me safe knowing that I am going to have my investment property that cannot be touched. Totally. And likewise, I won't be touching any of his his assets as well. Yeah, you just don't believe it's going to happen, but it does. It's yeah, like. that's right. And I guess like literally at the time of recording this, yesterday I was at the solicitors doing um, the contracts because we've got all these podcasts happening and all these talent that are coming in and hosting podcasts and, you know, we've got to put formal agreements in place. Yeah. And I kind of said to Anna, the lawyer, I'm like, to be honest, this is so hectic. I would hope that it's never pulled out of the top drawer. Like, I would yeah. hope if there's ever a disagreement that we can go, all right, you do that, you do that. God bless you. See you later. But yeah. at least if there is that anomaly and someone wigs out, well, hey, we did agree on this. We'll pull it out of the drawer. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's probably something that a lot of people don't want to think about going into um, like a marriage or de facto relationship, but I think it is probably really wise. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I guess because- you know, you're 30 now, yeah. uh, you've got more wealth behind you than a 20-year-old. So, it actually yeah. matters probably more. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And really, my separation did kind of push me back a couple of years. So, yes, it's, it happens. What do you do? You move on. But um, yeah, I would be a lot smarter next time. <laughs> it's so funny. I always like when you talk about prenups and all that crap, like, I always remember the Seinfeld episode where George is trying to get out of the relationship with Susan <laughs> and she's, he's like, I'm going to make a sign of prenup and she laughs at him and she's like, give me the bloody thing, I'll sign it. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's good stuff. I just like these discussions because we kind of picked up the phone and I didn't really know where this was going to head. And a lot of people go, oh, can you just talk with, you know, everyday Aussies that are out there? And Mm. it's just cool to hear a bit about your story of being an everyday Aussie and a listener of the podcast. So, I want to ask you a couple of things. So, for people that don't know, uh, cardiac Oh, and just finally, I was thinking like with that COVID thing, how you did pull the 20 grand out of super. Yeah. Like that's freaking awesome given that it was a settlement that you couldn't get access to until. I know, <laughs> I know. And you know what? I spoke to my accountant. I spoke to my super asking if there was any way that I'd be able to draw it out for a property and I wasn't able to and now I'm cheering. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But in saying that, if I didn't have that settlement, I would not have taken money out of super. Yeah. So, it, it was just my circumstances. Mm. Um, but otherwise, if I didn't have to, I definitely wouldn't have done that. So, as a 30-year-old being a medical professional, mm-hmm. what, like that, because we don't need to know what the settlement was in your super, what do you reckon your super would be uh, not including that settlement? Not including that settlement, it would probably be around – Maybe the 50 or 60 yeah, mark, okay. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, and the settlement's just a bit of cherry on the top for future you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. That's exactly right, yep. Love it. Okay, so cardiac sonographer. So, at the end of last week, because I've had really bad RSI with my hands, I went and got a, an ultrasound from a sonographer for my wrist. Yep. And his little badge said sonographer. Yep. So, am I putting two, to, two and two together that you ultrasound hearts? Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a sonographer is anyone that does or is trained in ultrasound and then cardiac sonography is a completely different course. So, I only uh, scan the heart and likewise, the person that did your risk wouldn't be able to do the heart. Mm. Yes, that's my specialty. And of a day, if you're scanning three or four hearts, Mm -hmm. how many times do people make the lame joke, did you find a heart? Uh, oh gosh! See, normally it's um, it's it tends to be an older man, and he says, "Can I please take a picture of this so I can show my wife that I do have a heart?" <laughs> I get that a lot, and also a lot of men say, "Is it a boy or a girl?" Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, so it does happen often, and you know, you just laugh it off, and yeah. it's it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, why were you only working casual leading up, like before COVID? Okay, so with my role, so I'm in New South Wales and uh, New South Wales Health do not pay cardiac sonographers the same as they would pay a general sonographer. We're on a different award. So basically the wage is just absolutely shocking when you think you've done six years worth of study. Um, So I work in private practice. Um, I have three different roles. So one of my roles is now part-time, permanent part-time, I should say. So two days a week there. Uh, I have one role, which is one day a week, which is casually. And then my other role is casual, um, two days plus I'm doing some Saturdays as well. So I've been working casually for probably three years now. Um, it's just money to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what it comes down to. Right. So, you just float around, get the work you can for the good money. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's also flexible as well to a point, right? Oh, it's great. And I, I like my work 
like that. So when I was training and before training, I always worked full time in a hospital and I've just learned that hospital environments are not for me. I much prefer working in private practice and also working at different places. I miss all the politics. I just oh, yeah, get you the go job in done. And get out. Yeah. Yes. I um, work with some amazing people, but I kind of miss all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. So that's why I love working at a range of different places. Plus, I'm also exposed to different things. So different cardiologists I work for will specialise in a certain area. So I might get um, some really complicated uh, valve um, patients with one cardiologist and then at the other I, I won't get so much. It'll be more cardiomyopathies. So it kind of gives me a variety which is awesome for me. Yeah, wow. Now, money and medical procedures as a segue, mm-hmm. how much, and I'm asking for a friend, how much does it cost to have my breast implants removed? So, removed, I I think I paid a about twelve thousand. Um, yeah, it was a lot of money. Plus, the other thing is the amount of time off work I needed. So, I ended up having four weeks off completely, and then I staggered my work back up to full time over probably another four week period. Gosh. So it wasn't just the initial cost; it was the amount of time I had to have off work recovering as well. That's what kind of made it super expensive. Uh, and you did say before we press record, I asked people, are there any go, no goes? And you didn't say this was a no go, but did you get them removed because they were part of that problem where the implants were dodgy? Um, not exactly. So, I actually had a shoulder injury in 2016, 2017, um, kind of half related to work, half related to exercise And I kind of figured out after a while that I thought that my implants were really affecting my shoulder mobility. Right. And um, I had a lot of issues with my pec muscles because the implants sat behind the pecs. I just was struggling for so long. There is a thing called breast implant illness as well, which I do think that I suffered from, but my main issue was biomechanically, I think they were really impacting my movement and me being able to do things I love doing like I used to be an avid F45er and I just can't do that kind of exercise anymore because I'm so re- I was so restricted. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a range of different things, but I was actually at a point where I thought that I wasn't going to be able to continue my job Gosh. if I didn't get them out. Yeah, so I I actually dealt with a pretty nasty um, work cover claim back in 2017. Um, and then eventually I, I decided to get them out for myself and it has made a significant difference. And did you put them in for c- purely cosmetic reasons? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that was, you know, silly 22-year-old Nat. Um, yeah. Oh. What yep. do you do? YOLO. Yeah. You, you live and you learn. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but, okay, so just the reason you had to get them taken out, you obviously went private. Could there mm-hmm. be a case where your doctor can actually say, we need to take these out and send you through public without the fee? You can actually go public. That That is an option. The only reason why I didn't consider going public was because they don't always take the capsules out with the implant um, because it's not medically necessary to do that. And after all the research I had done, I absolutely wanted the capsules taken out um, with the implant. So, 
going back to what a capsule is. So once the implant is inserted, the body creates this um, fibrous material around the implant to essentially stop, you know, infection and the body fighting the implant. So if you go public, they don't necessarily have to take it out. And I just didn't want that left inside me considering how many problems I was having. So I did a lot of research and then um, found a doctor that um, specialises in explanting Wow. And yeah, he said that he would take the the uh, capsules out as well, which he did. So, wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Before we go any further, we're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey everyone, you might not have heard, we've got a podcast called My Millennial Health. Jess, what are we covering? So many things, Glenn. We're talking food, nutrition, movement, mindset, sleep, so much more. My Millennial Health is your one-stop shop for anything to do with your health and well-being. Love that. And the best news, everyone, is I'm not on it because I've got no freaking idea about health. So make sure you subscribe to My Millennial Health wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I can't wait for you guys to see what My Millennial Health has installed. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks. So your home situation at the moment, so you don't own any property, is that what you're saying? You're renting at the moment? Yeah. Well, I'm actually, I'm in a pretty um, lucky situation where I live with my partner's family and his mother will not charge me rent or bills, which I have tried to pay. So, yeah, I'm kind of not paying anything at the moment, which is fantastic. Wow. Um, and I just – I'm going to have a clarity chat with John next week, actually. Yeah, I'm great. I'm really struggling to work out what, um, what to buy next. So I'm tossing up between buying an apartment in Wollongong or whether I want to build a house mm. as something we will move into in a couple of years. I've got no idea what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just for those who are new to the podcast world, John Pigeon does clarity calls and he charges $330 and you fill out a heap of information for the call and you just talk about your situation just to give you clarity. Uh, and there's a few, you can ask in the Facebook group or you can search the actually and we might even put a link in the show notes of an example of a clarity call uh, and they're really good value so that'll that be really good so mm. what do you so the rationale with the investment property is well it's kind of this two-edged sword you're at this uh impasse of like do we get a, a unit that's an investment property or do we buy property to live in yeah so i mean we don't plan on leaving where we are for probably a couple of years, to be honest. We've got a pretty good where we are and we love living there. For me to build a property, property, I'd be looking at a couple of years anyway. Mm. Um, I know there's quite a housing shortage here in the Illawarra, so that's what's kind of got me thinking down that road. Um, but regardless, this will be my property. Um, my partner's not not 
purchasing with me and he wants to purchase his own property and then we'll look at purchasing together down the road. Um, but just working out what the smartest thing is to do right now. Mm. I'm just in my research phase. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. Uh, would you say you're a spender or saver by nature? Oh, I am a spender. Yes. I'm hands down a Love spender. that. Yes, it's yeah. been tricky working out my budget, but yeah. <laughs> I actually got, uh, for my Blow account, as part of the Glenn James spending plan, people will know what that is. I've got a widget with my bank and I've actually got it on the front page because usually I never really looked at my Blow account, but it's actually really good just to see that every day because yeah, I only actually, have great. like I only have $500 a week that goes over to my Blow account. And usually I don't go over, but I just wanted to dial in and be a little bit more conscious. And, you know, the cash hub and all my other money, I really don't look at on a week-on-week basis. But I think the blow account, it's been really good just to see that each day. Yeah, absolutely. I might have to look at getting that too. Because it's, yeah, it's really only the blow account that I'm checking. And I'm like, oh, should I buy this this week? And I'm like, no, no, Nat, you can't this week. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's been really good. It's kind of really taught me what I want to spend my money on. Mm. And what are you, um, you're not paying rent at the moment where you're living. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, are there any spare rooms? But number two, <laughs> are you going, I'm just going to carve out $300 a week into a separate bank account by discipline because this is a luxury that I've got right now? Um, no, I didn't. I just added it to my um, savings yeah, and sweet. it's just going into my, my home deposit savings account. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. What do you reckon the worst money mistake you've ever made? Like from the divorce, from the medical procedures, or if there's anything yeah. else that... I mean, it's probably I mean, hard to remember being a spender because we make them yeah. weekly. <laughs> we make a lot, yeah. I was actually thinking this morning, so... One thing that I do for myself, um, I get a facial once a month yeah, and nice. that's a non-negotiable for me. That's my my self, self-care thing. I kind of went a bit nuts when it came to products and some other procedures like skin needling and all this stuff that you really don't need um, last year. I, that was quite irresponsible actually and I did spend a lot of money at one particular salon and really didn't get any benefit from it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably say that was a pretty silly yeah, silly spend, yeah. Yep, nice. But otherwise the, the settlement, there's nothing you can do about that. It's just how it is. That's it right. It costs how much it costs yeah. and um, – yeah. And with, um, like I always talk about, we should ideally uh, give, save and spend. Do you support any charities financially or otherwise? Um, I don't at the moment. So, I am trying to figure out a way that I can send an amount of money over to um, the crisis nurse nursery in Malawi. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a hassle. So, I have a girlfriend that lives there and she's adopted two beautiful little girls that she got from the crisis nursery. So, I've supported them every time they do a run to, to buy more formula and nappies and, and things for the kids that they have at the nursery. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to work out whether I can set something up where I can send money each week or organize some yeah. kind of fund for that. Otherwise, I I tend to give in a lot of different ways. So, for example, people that are close to me, I will go above and beyond for when it comes to 
buying them a bunch of flowers if they've just had a bad day or really buying them expensive gifts for their birthday, things that I know will make them really happy mm. rather than just giving the obligatory, you know, gift. Um, so, for example, one of my girlfriends for her birthday this year, I was just going to send a bunch of flowers and then I thought, you know what, she's had a rough year, I'm going to do something special for her. So, I organised a nice day which she appreciated and her parents were so thankful as well. So, we got our hair done, we got our makeup done, we went to high tea and then we went out to dinner with her girlfriends and it cost me a lot but it was worth it. Totally. So, yeah, I tend to give that way more. Mm, yeah, cute. And if your best friend asks you for money advice, what would you tell them? Um, I tell them to really work out what's important to them. And so I think we pick up a lot of beliefs from our parents about money. And you need to kind of, when you get older and you're managing your own money, you need to work out what's important to you and what do you want to do with your money. Um, so, I think you really need to sit down and assess that and assess what you want your life to look like and how you're going to get there. Mm. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a random question that it. it's on uh, Azaria Bell, the host of Gen Z Money and myself, we put together these conversation starter cards. So, I'm just going to pick a random question out of this pile and the question is, if you were to start a business, what would it be? Oh, gosh. I have actually been thinking about this. Ooh, um, spooky. Yeah. I have... I have one idea. Um, so, my sister is a really good sewer and I used to be quite a good sewer but I just haven't done it in years as well and I'm an obsessed dog mum. Mm -hmm. So, What I, dog have you got? I've actually, well, we've got two dogs. So, my partner has a Swiss Shepherd and I just recently got a Groodle puppy. So, it's been lots oh, of fun at cool. our house lately. Yeah. Um, I'd love to start um, sewing like bandanas and yeah, cool. leashes and, and things like that, um, whether it actually happens, who knows. <laughs> yeah, very guy, very good. <laughs> and are you a reader? Do you read books? Uh, look, I don't have time to read books. I spend a lot of time traveling to and from work. I'm podcasts all the way. Yeah, what uh, yeah. what podcasts have you been listening to lately? Uh, my Millennial Money. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Especially um, My Millennial Property now that I'm yes. looking. Yeah, I've been listening to a few of them sort of, you know, I listen to it once but I listen to it again a month later just to remind myself. So, that's what I've been really binging a lot. And we've also just released a new podcast, everyone, called My Millennial Health. So, if oh, you- Yes, nice. so check that out uh, if you want. And Jess Spendlove, who's a dietitian, uh, and her business partner Chloe, like they cover all the topics. Um, there's stuff coming up about oh, like sleep, mental health. I, I've seen the list of all the episodes we've got planned. It's just not about food. It's about being healthy in every area of your life. And I kind of think, and this is kind of you know, you talked about the property podcast. Like, I just want to do stuff where it's like, if we get good at these key areas in our life, we should have a better quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. So, everyone- I, I agree with that completely. Check out My Millennial Health wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
Well, I'm going to bounce. Thank you so much, Natalie, for jumping Thank on you. and having a chat. I love uh, talking with listeners. I love uh, reading the community members of the week. And the cool thing is the community members of the week stuff, I see them. The first time I see them is when they're on Instagram following it on my own profile. So, I just <laughs> always get excited when I see community members of the week because I have nothing to do with it and it's awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so, thank you so well, much. Thanks so, thanks so much, Glenn. It was lots of fun. And I'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. See you later. See ya. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 